In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hello and welcome to the Layman Confessor Podcast. My name is Justin. I'm your host today. Thank you for joining me on uh, this episode 10. I'm in the double digits now. Thank you so much for uh, coming along with me on this journey through what I hope has been enjoyment and some challenge. I certainly have been challenged in it, and uh, I am excited to continue on uh, this journey with you. We have been looking at some incredible lives these last couple of weeks. We've looked at Saints Agatha and Agnes, St. George, and uh, St. Mark G. Skipping over St. Dymphna. We'll be talking about her in a few weeks. Thank you so much for your support and all of the encouragement. Hey, if there's anything else you want to be learning about, please don't hesitate to let me know. I am uh, using this as an opportunity myself to continue to learn. I'm a teacher, and this is something that is close to my heart. And like my advisor told me for my master's project, uh, it's important to know how to put the cookies on the bottom shelf, right? There's so much in academia that is over our heads and uh, I want to hopefully be a part of encouraging you in your own walk uh, with Christ and uh, hopefully bring some, um, some new knowledge and, and excitement for our shared history here as, uh, as Christians, as the body of Christ. My next series is going to be on uh, what it means to be a churchman. All right, or a church person. I believe most of this uh, will apply to everyone, and that is basically how, what, what can we be doing to be a more active and more responsible part of the church? What are some things we have been given? And we're going to look at some of uh, the individual giftings that we have for that. We're going to be looking at um, later, we're going to be looking at Christianity and depression. Then we're going to be looking at some of the ancient um, if theologians will be looking at church councils and all of that stuff. And of course, uh, as we look at those things, we'll be looking at how can, how do these apply to you today? Like what can you take away from them? But for now, I'm going to finish this series by taking a look at the life of our most, um, recent saint. And that is a man named Franz Jagerstatter. <laughs> he was a, uh, a German, actually an Austrian martyr, he was from um, a city called St. Radengud, which is in Upper Austria. He was born in 1907. His father was killed during the First World War. And um, Franz um, was a farmer. He was married um, and ended up having three or four daughters. I think three daughters. And he was um, a devote devoted Catholic. He was uh, the main breadwinner in his family, even though he was a, uh, a farmer. He and his wife uh, both, you know, they they both farmed. They, all, they both worked. Her sister lived with them. His mother lived with them. And then they had their three daughters. Now, he was born in 1907. And um, he reached maturity, was married. And in the 1930s, uh, much of Austria began to follow in the wake of Nazism. He became uh, even more rooted in his Catholic faith and believed that the only father that we have is our Heavenly Father, and he could not call anyone else Fuhrer. He um, 
was conscripted into the army, or he went through the the initial training that all uh, male citizens uh, under the Reich were required to go through. And then he um, was back home and um, was eventually drafted. He believed that it was wrong. Um, I'm not even sure if he knew what the Nazis were doing with um, with the Jews and the other, quote, unwanted, end quote, uh, members of society. But he believed that what Nazism stood for, and more specifically, the oath that he was required to take to Adolf Hitler was wrong and went against um, what God requires of us, what God asks for us. And so he was called up to military service, on June 17th, 1940. Um, he, however, did not, um, he refused to take the oath to Adolf Hitler, and he was eventually imprisoned. And um, he, he tried to do the conscientious objector, however, that was refused a number of times. I believe that appeal was, was made a number of times. And I tell you what, the his village where he lived, where he had uh, deep roots, strong ties, turned on him and his family. Um, he was an embarrassment, not just an embarrassment, but you got to understand here, like, like you can't fault them for it on, on the one hand, because, you know, Hitler was heavy-handed, to say the least. And he had, um, you know, for, for dissenters, for anyone that disagreed with him, as we all know now, he went after him, right? And um, for anyone in that community that would go against Hitler, well, that meant they were drawing attention to that whole community. And so all of those um, in his community were most likely not even like these outspoken supporters of Hitler. They wanted to be left alone, and the best way to be left alone was just to kind of go under the radar. Franz refused to do that, and because he refused to do that, he was bringing a spotlight into their community and putting some of them at risk, right? I mean, it, it, was a, um, it was rather a risk for all of them. He was imprisoned for this uh, for a couple of years, and um, he was held in custody in Linz. Uh, from between March, uh, during March and April uh, in 1943, and uh, in May he was subjected to trial, a mock trial probably, and then July 6th, uh, 1943, he was condemned to death. Now, um, so a remarkable man, a gentle man, a quiet man, and... Um, the prison chaplain, when he confronted Franz, said that he was struck by Franz's tranquil character. And um, on being offered the New Testament, Franz replied, I am completely bound in inner union with the Lord, and any, any reading would only interrupt my communication with God. He was eventually executed on August 9th of 1943. Just before his execution, he wrote to his wife. This is what he said. I must write, 
with hands in chains. I find that much better than if my will were in chains. Neither prison nor chains nor sentence of death can rob a man of the faith and his free will. God gives so much strength that it is possible to bear any suffering. People worry about the obligations of conscience as they concern my wife and children. But I cannot believe that just because one has a wife and children, a man is free to offend God. And even though he refused to bow his head to Hitler, he eventually had that head removed uh, in the guillotine. He was devoted to God, and despite all of um, all of his requests to be um, to be a member of the Nazi Party, to be um, you know just to to to, to you know be freed or to just take the oath you don't have to mean it he's told many times just take the oath you don't have to mean it um be a medic or something like that and uh and everything will be okay you can live out the war in peace he refused to he was so bound to his conscience i'm reminded so much uh in this man of the life of martin luther and of dietrich bonhoeffer there's a beautiful movie that came out in 2019 about his life called A Hidden Life. And oh my, if you have, it's a long movie, it's about three hours. But if you have three hours and you want to watch a cinematic masterpiece, absolutely beautiful, uh, please watch this movie. It's called A Hidden Life, uh, came out in 2019. And it shows the struggle and the, the pain that he was going through. And one of the refrains that is spoken throughout the whole movie by those who are confronting Franz was this idea of, um, like, they, they would ask him, what difference do you think you standing up for what you believe in is going to actually make? Like, do you really think anybody's going to ever hear about you? He was told multiple times, Hitler's never going to hear who you are. You know, you're the people high up, they're never going to hear your name. It's not going to matter if you resist. So why resist? Yeah, he refused to listen to that. Um, of course, his wife and his daughters uh, were affected by that. They were ostracized, ostracized in their community um, for a while after his execution, things... Um, more or less went back to normal for them, as normal as they can be when being robbed of your husband and your father. I love the story of St. Franz because it teaches us, I think, that the littlest things, standing up for the littlest things, may not make much of a difference to our enemy. Gosh, that's what God has called us to. Standing up for uh, for truth, standing up for beauty, standing up for those things like the most, um, the smallest lives, right? Uh, we're coming up here on the celebration of our first full year uh, after um, Roe v. Wade was struck down. And 
as wonderful as a victory as that was, we still have a whole lot of work to do. Um, standing up for the lives of the smallest people in our community. Yeah, our governors may never know our names, but it matters what we stand for. Um, we know now that Disney, uh, Netflix, and other um, <laughs> entertainment moguls are exploiting the lives of their actors and actresses, that they are um, encouraging the bodily manipulation of children that have gender dysphoria or are encouraging children to, um, to seek bodily manipulation, they, they will never know my name. The, the CEO of Netflix will never know who Justin Shearer is. Right? The, the CEO of Disney will never know who my name is. So what, what does it matter that I resist? What does it matter that I cancel those subscriptions? What well, matters not just to my conscience, not just to uh, consistently walking in the way that Christ has called us to walk, but it matters to my children as well because we set an example for them. Right? I don't know what happened to Franz's daughters or to his wife after. Um, she has written a book, and uh, one day I hope to read it. But the example that we set for the children, the, our children, what we're willing to stand for, what we're willing to stand against, and what we are willing to stand on is what matters, regardless of who sees it, regardless of what powerful man or woman recognizes what we're doing. We are called to stand on the truth, which is the Word of God, which does not fail, which, though the world around us crumbles, though the empires of antiquity, though the, the Third Reich itself, which controlled almost all of Europe, was a powerful, powerful force. And as powerful as it was, it collapsed too. And like every other empire, every tyranny that stands against Christ and his church will fail because the grass withers because the flower does fade. But what we stand on, what we stand for, the Word of God endures forever. Before letting you go, I'm watching one thing that I forgot to mention when I recorded that episode originally, and that is the idea of consequences. So, Franz was well aware of what would happen to him if he did not swear allegiance to Hitler. And as strange as it sounds to us today, swearing allegiance to Hitler um, in, his, in Franz's circumstances was the law. And uh, he knew that he was breaking that law. It was an unjust law. It was an immoral law. And Franz knew he was breaking it. And he understood that a part of breaking that law law uh, was probably execution. Um, and so I think that too is an important lesson for us uh, as Christians 
to understand that there is such a thing as unjust legislation. And if we are convicted to stand against that those legislations, then we need to be clear in our conscience and in our will that uh, we will likely suffer those consequences with that and to not be surprised when the world comes against us, uh, when the legislation, when the judges come against us for standing for God's truth up and against, over and against uh, the truth of the world. The legislation of the world uh, does not stand higher or mightier than God's word. As Isaiah chapter 40, verse 8, which is what I recite uh, or paraphrase sometimes at, at the end of every episode. And so, as we think of the life of Franz, uh, I wanted to uh, just leave you with this one little note of um, recognizing that if we are going to stand against the world, it does mean, uh, will mean that we ha- do have to break some. Uh, some legal laws, perhaps. I mean, think of uh, all of the restrictions that are placed on Christian pastors in Canada over the last few years and how many of them have been arrested, uh, similarly in California. Um, And so this is why the community of saints, this is why the church is so important to us, to um, look to Christ together, one another, uh, encouraging and strengthening one another constantly turning each other's gaze toward our Savior who um, who was re- rejected first, right? And if they reject Him, then we shouldn't be surprised that they reject us as well.